Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Star Spangled Eurovision, our final episode for this season, our annual Eurovision debrief. My name is Max. I'm here with my incredible, patient, lovely co-hosts, Alex and Bart. Hi, everyone. And we're here with our delectable and delightful Max. <laughs> delectable. And delicious. Okay. I'm just here. I'm just here, chilling. <laughs> well, we have a lot to talk about. So obviously, Eurovision happened. Sweden won. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when we say maybe we were all rooting for Finland. And in the moment of announcement, we're a little deflated. But now that we've processed, we had some time to think about it. What do we think? How do we feel about Sweden's win? I honestly wasn't that deflated. I feel like it was, I like we saw it coming. I'm so excited. I think Lorena is great. I feel like Tattoo is still a pretty great song. I mean, for me, I know we'll talk about this later, but like, I think if Tattoo had gotten like under 200 points from the televote, it would have felt rough. But then I was like, I was like, honestly, when like Finland opened up enough of a lead, I think they were like a little under 150 ahead or so going into that last moment. And I was just like, if Lorene did that well on the televote, like compared to a lot of times in the past when Sweden like totally flopped in the televote, I was like, she earned it. And then she got like second, like second, very easily second in the televote, like very respectable. I think it's very, I really feel like it's very easy in the Euro bubble to feel like Tattoo is kind of old by the time it played because like the staging didn't change that much. If anything, the staging was like a little bit downsized from Melfest. Like in like the like exact opposite of that, like Finland's staging was really elevated and fun. I still feel like Finland, I don't know, something about Finland's like big moment at the end of that song, I still feel like didn't hit quite the same way on the Eurovision stage. Like it wasn't quite as euphoric as UMK, but that's kind of like splitting hairs. But I do feel like, like those two, like all season, it was like those two are clearly the top two contenders. They like really cleared the top of the field by a pretty good amount. Like we got the split screen. Marine Wiley, like she had a good song. I think it's still like it still clearly very much resonates with people, especially who are like hearing or seeing it for the first time at Eurovision. So I'm happy for her, happy for Lorene, happy for Sweden. No sour grapes over here in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like philosophically, like she obviously deserved the win. She won it fair and square. Um, I think it was just like in that moment. Because it was, it felt so inevitable the entire season that she was going to win, and we're like, maybe Finland could pull it off, but like, really, what you know, chance does Finland really stand? And then they announced that televote, like that massive televote score for Finland. You like shot way up to the top, and we're like, okay, it's actually possible. Like this might be happening, and we had like two minutes of hope, and then it just went back to like what felt inevitable from the beginning. Uh, so I think that is probably why m- most people that I've seen who are big Finland supporters were kind of deflated. We're just like, oh, like, we're so close. Like, it could have happened, even though, yeah, Lorene ended up with a very healthy televote. And I agree with you. I think if it was, if Lorene had only won by like one or two points and had like a really like lower televote, then I think it would have felt a lot less fair and less like it would have felt a lot worse. 
But I think we talked about this all season. Like, if anyone deserves a double crown, it's Lorene. Like, we can wish it was a better song or whatever, but she has become the second person to win twice. Sweden has now tied Ireland for the most wins. Like, it's a really big moment for Sweden. Um, a little obsessed with all the conspiracy theories about how, like, it was rigged for Sweden to win so that they could host on the 50th anniversary of ABBA winning, which is ridiculous, <laughs> but... Uh, I think it's like, I've heard that from literally like a person I work with who is in the UK, who's like a freaking professor at a university. <laughs> so the, the conspiracy theories are pervasive this year. So, yeah, I mean, number one, I thought it was a super fun season and there were just a lot of really fun songs. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I even said it on this podcast, I was like, that song is good. Like it's not the greatest of songs, but given to Lorene, she takes it and she runs with it. And like, holy shit, did she really make something of it? Like the tattoo metaphor, I mean, I feel like is a bit worn, but she finds a way to kind of rejuvenate it a bit. And I'm like, not unhappy on the day. Yes, I was rooting for Finland. I was also rooting for France. Like I really wanted France to get more points just because she's like, amazing. But ultimately, like, I, I can't be upset at greatness. And, like, of course it had to be her to do the double crown. Like, I want years from now it to be her to be like, oh, there's only one woman <laughs> who can truly pull this off in, in, in society. And that's with a wider gap, I believe, than um, the, the double win previously. So... Um, that's good. Although, I mean, I do feel like the, I was a little surprised by the jury, like not that all the 12 points they were giving, but like all the other points, I feel like some songs really did get, um, you know, they, they deserved a little bit more than what they got, but at the end of the day, it, it's okay. Um, I guess maybe we'll be in Sweden next year, or at least maybe I, depending on, depending on what city yeah i'm excited to see what city ends up hosting yeah i mean i think to alex's point i think that there i really feel like i mean i think i think two things i think on the jury thing i mean a i think this is such a euro fandom twitter bubble that just like people need to get out of like as you were saying max like it felt so inevitable and i was like a lot of people Mm -hmm. had no fucking clue (laughs) like (laughs) like it was not inevitable for months for most people (laughs) like like so this a starting there b i i think the one thing that's fair is that and like the one thing i would kind of think of that i think could go both ways but i think because of the way they present the votes with the jury going first and then the televote and like being announced all at once it does like really reinforce a like favorite and underdog narrative where it feels mm-hmm. like 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 someone's ahead in the jury vote but then like the like spunky underdog can like come back and overtake them. And I think that that's like the one thing that I like, I, I think we'll probably discuss later. Like I'm really not pro abolishing juries for like a few reasons, but like some changes and I don't really know how else they would like, I struggling to think of how else they would present it. Cause I think that like, it would be a really great storyline for someone to come back if it was really close and then like win because of the televotes. But I think that that kind of like 
reinforce the narrative that a lot of like hardcore Twitter Euro fans were feeling. And it's why like that moment like had that like intended effect. I'm wondering if they couldn't, instead of it just being the jury, like the jury could announce the complete set of votes for the country. So the public vote and the jury vote either mesh together or separated. The thing is, they used to do that, and then the issue is that no, no, then, no, they, like, no, at a certain point... The two different ones. It made it super long. That's one of the reasons why they combined them. No, they didn't... They... I mean, it would be really long, but at the same time, the reason they abolished the old system was because it wasn't suspenseful, right? You could get, you know, through 20 countries and already know who the winner was. Um, which, like, I think to your point, Bart, uh, it adds a lot of suspense, but I think when it works, it really works, you know, because then you really like, get that really big effect when it's like your person who's behind, but then they win. But then you have something like this where like you have that moment of hope precaria and then it just ends up being Lorene, which is, was at least for us like expected. Um, I don't but, know. I feel like you just yeah. had to like, we all knew there was going to be a split screen moment and like, that's very yeah. emotional. And at the end of the day, you're going to be fucking fine either way. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Sometimes your team wins, sometimes they lose. Like, I mean, for me, I'm just like, we had the same, basically the same thing with Jamala and Sergei Lazarev, which was basically the opposite where like the jury saved our girl. And I'm like, I don't think I'll ever be pro Otterus and Televote knowing that like Sergei would have beaten Jamala nineteen forty four. Like exactly that, point like too, that yeah. moment will like 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 that was my euphoric moment and like thank God. Yeah. And so on that note, I mean there's obviously been a lot of discussions about okay, do we abolish the juries entirely? Do we reform them? If so, how do we reform them? Um I think a lot of people are talking about how like even with the jury scores, you know, like um, or Louine getting second in the televote, she didn't get a single 12 points from any countries in the televote, right? She was like tens across the board, uh, more or less, which is why she got such a big score, but no country gave her the top spot. So it feels kind of de- undemocratic in a way. Uh, <laughs> a fun take I heard was that it was comparing the juries to the electoral college, <laughs> which, uh, you know, is not unwarranted. So yeah, let's, I guess talk about that. So, Bart, you said you're anti-abolishing the juries. I think I'm also like wonder, like I'm kind of mixed because I do see a world where like you know it's 100% televote. We used to have that. That was like the reason the 2000s were so wacky, and then the juries were introduced in order to kind of like temper the mob, so to speak. Um, again, another parallel with the electoral college. Um, but yeah, and like. I would argue that not only do the juries save someone like Jamal and prevent Sergey Lazar from winning, but, you know, they reestablished the jury, the 50-50 system in, like, what, 2009? And then after that, we started getting much, like, better quality entries overall and especially better quality winners. Um, I think that even, like, in a, from a subjective point of view, um that people start taking the the songwriting component of the song contest a little more seriously. And I think that was obviously a very positive thing for the contest. And I think Maureen kind of like started that moment and she's kind of capping that moment now. Um, but, you know, everything kind of outlives its usefulness, even if it's something was really good, you know, important, uh, you know, 15 years ago, 
does the jury still play that role? Is it, are they still relevant? If we go back to 100% televote, is it going to be a significant decrease in quality? That's hard to tell. So what do you guys think? I mean, I don't see, especially like with the culture going back to the 2000s, like I think that you kind of backed both positions and what you just said. And I think that the reasoning for having the jury still remains. And I think that that's fine. I think that it also, it illustrates a level of, in this TikTok era, like you can't just make a TikTok song and like have a bunch of tweens vote for it. You got to actually put in some quality. Um, And I think that like the winners have have shown that over the years. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Austria, but like, I understand why the jury was not, you know, super enthralled with it in the end. (laughs) The jury was much more enthralled than the televote this year with Austria. Yeah, so. but I mean, still, like, it wasn't, like, their top, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that the one argument that I see strongly for the jury is that, like, it tempers out some of the running order stuff, like, for Austria, who I feel like really struggled being the first song um, with the televote, as opposed to, like, and I think they see that in, like, semifinal to final with some of those gris- discrepancies. I mean, I think that, again, I think that people are a little bit having a gut reaction uh, at the moment. Um, But I think a couple of things that I feel like is, I think one big thing that I think like one of the things that felt really shocking was that Israel did so well with the juries. And one thing that I feel a little bit is that like, I think two things that I would kind of add as commentary is that A... Sometimes it feels like a little bit like the jury is just has some like kind of insider music industry favoritism in terms of like, I like Noah Carell is a big star and people like that she showed up for Eurovision and I felt a little bit like they were rewarding that. And I think that that is like the opposite of what the jury is supposed to do because the jury is supposed, like people have the idea that jury is supposed to reward like pure songwriting quote unquote whatever the hell that means and i think that like that is kind of like one thing and i mean there is like there's all like bridges like estonia bridges doing so with the jury i'm just like what the hell like <laughs> like the stuff is not that like when that was so far up like that was mine like i was just like what the hell like how is bridges doing better with the jury than spain or czech republic or czechia like two, like, really artistic, like, interesting songs losing to, like, the most, like, boring ballad in the world. Like, I think that that's a big thing for me. That was frustrating. I think, like, also a lot of people were frustrated by a lot. I think, I'm not sure at all, kind of, like, I do kind of think that more transparency, I'm not sure if it would be more, but just more discussion about, like, who is actually on the juries and, like, what they're basing it off of. Or even, like, I mean, I think that, like, I don't know if they would ever go this far, but even if it was like still anonymized or just like the jury's like 10 point getters, like explaining why they awarded points to those songs. So I think that like, like if like I was reading like each country being like, here's why we gave tattoo 12 points. Here's why we gave this song 10 points, et cetera. And like, it was vaguely. I mean, like, that would also make it so long, but. <laughs> no, not, no, I'm saying, I'm saying not at all in the thing. 
Oh, okay. Like, oh, you mean after like if they were willing to like release afterwards, like why they raked songs where? Like I would be interested because I think that right now it's just like, is it music industry popularity? Is it the song? Is it the performance? Is it political? It always is. And like I think that like no one will ever be super satisfied. But I think if we had some idea criteria, or even if it was like we are now telling all juries to judge them on like songwriting performance what you know like kind of like a like criteria and then like had how they score people on criteria i think that that would help because so i think that like that and countries can definitely come different places on it but i think that if there was a little bit more of like what is the jury voting on because i think that like best just like they're like they're like ranking songs based on how much they like them is like well that's like really fucking crazy like 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 who are these people like are they journalists are they other musicians like Like, i even think that like if yeah if it was like clear if they were like everyone is like a former eurovision participant like i feel like that could be fun or like these people are like just members of the broadcasting union which would be like annoying but like then we could complain about that and then we could like argue over who is on the jury and how that's impacting things. But I do feel like right now, just like the whole like secrecy of it keeps it very like, it's like, it's what kind of like drives people mad when they're like trying to look for answers as to like, why did Israel randomly do so well? Like tattoo got 12 points from all these people, but like, why? Like what did the jury like about tattoo so much that they feel like separated it from other people? And I think that that's something that like giving the super fans something to like, pour over in the days after Eurovision, like, could end up, like, really serving them well. Yeah, I think transparency is key. You're absolutely right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, we, I think the juries, like, definitely need some kind of reform because, you know, like you mentioned, there's always some kind of, like, weird bias that we just, like, don't understand that, like, really rewards Sweden, even if the song is, like, pretty milk toast uh, compared to anything. They're not really rewarding creativity all the time some of the like who they're giving points to sometimes you're just like where did that come from and like they were introduced to be you know to temper not just the public but but, like block voting and um politics and all that stuff but then in the end they do that a lot more than the televote sometimes and so yeah i think more transparency on like okay yeah where why are you rewarding what you're rewarding Um, And I think, yeah, either diversifying the types of people who are on the jury or being very intentional about who you're bringing in, because like, quote unquote, music industry professionals like can be literally anyone. It can be, you know, performers, it can be actual producers, it can be like an executive who like doesn't know shit. Right. So, you know, interns. Yeah. Like, (laughs) who knows? Um, so yeah, they definitely there's definitely something that they have to do that, about it because then I think every year people are mad about the juries for this reason or that reason, and I think one way to temper that would be a lot more transparency. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head, uh, the nail on the head there, Bart. Yeah, but on that note, then uh, so any other big surprises for you guys um, on the night? I, I agree, oh, Israel, okay. like. So here's that came out of surprise. Can I finish? <laughs> no, this is really important. Okay, Cornelia Jacobs's Melanie C performance had me gagging. It is now officially my most watched, probably Instagram reel. Like, holy shit! 
Oh my God. Who would have thunk it? I can't, I'm still not over it. I mean, yeah, I, you like gripped someone's arm really hard during that performance and you were like, oh my God, I hope she's wearing a bra. Please be wearing a bra. I can't handle it if she's not wearing a bra. Uh, it was hot. Like, I can't, I can't deny that was like a really good performance. I like that whole, like the whole like Liverpool songbook thing. I thought was really yeah. nice. I thought, I mean, in general, I thought the BBC did a great job of posting and the interval acts were all really good. Everything's very like impeccably produced, very efficient. Mm-hmm. Like I, we always have some like, uh, I think the hosts can be cringy sometimes, but this year, like if it was cringy, it was kind of very intentional and not because like the humor wasn't translating. <laughs> okay, but I also think part of that is just because they are British and you know that's the language that they speak. Uh, I like the fact that they they poked fun at themselves like that. That was very good, and I thought that there was a nice integration, especially um, of of Ukraine and kind of their talent in it. But real quick to go back to the songbook because number one, Melanie C is like my all-time favorite Spice Girl of all time. Um, That was a great collection of music. Like, they really knocked it out of the park. And I love that they brought in Netta, that they brought brought in Mod. Like, it was just, it was a perfect performance. Um, And one that I actually was, like, completely taken by the entire time, where sometimes I feel like I have to go get... um, a beer <laughs> during some performances. Cause I'm like, okay, like this is not super entertaining. Like the Brits know how to throw a party. Um, and I feel bad for the hosts. Cause now I'm like, I saw some of the clips of like what happened afterwards and how basically none of them could really say anything. Cause the audience just kept yelling, cha, cha, cha. I find that hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to say, I thought Britain did a good job hosting the interval acts were very sweet. My jaw was also on the floor for Kanoya Jacobs, but mostly because I was like pretty shit faced by that point. And I could just like not really handle it. Um, other surprises Estonia doing so well. I'll like never get over that. Um, I definitely was surprised that Israel did so well, but I do think it made sense. Um, my personal surprise was that I ended up loving Marco Mengoni, which like isn't that surprising, but like the day of Eurovision, I was just like, I think there's no good ballad this year. And then like Italy won the songwriting award, which is another gripe I have. Cause I'm like, how is this song winning songwriting, but like doesn't win the contest if it's best song, but like whatever. Um, but then, which I don't want, I don't want it to have won, but I was like, this is confusing. But then, like, yeah, but then he came out with the pride flag and, like, posted a thirst trap on Instagram an hour before the contest. And I was like, wow, like, this man really came for me today. Um, so that was my equivalent of the Cornelia Jacobs moment. I'm with you on that one, Bart. <laughs> Lots of good Marco Mengoni content on the day of the final. <laughs> I don't want to get too into, like, too into the nitty gritty, but, like, definitely crazy to me still that Germany didn't do that well. Like, my one friend who was, like, a very, like, kind of like new to your vision was like, I really love this. Like it was one of her favorite songs and then it's still tanked. Um, I want to say that I was right in predictions that Albania always ends up doing weirdly well with the televote, which is still true. Yeah. It's still like, I'm like, why are all these people so obsessed with Albania? But it always does. Um, also, I was 
I was most right that Blanca was sick in Poland. <laughs> and she got like a few more COVID vaccines and she ended up slaying. No. I'm sorry. No, she did not. No, she did not. That was still yeah. not a good performance. It was an iconic performance, and that's all we need. Like, when, like, the weird LED version of her sings instead of her, <laughs> amazing. Like, why? Like, why is it the worst dress reveal ever? We don't know. Can I just <laughs> say that I love how she has her, like, little dance moment, and then everyone's like, oh, like, that's good. And we're like, no, 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 like, wait for it. And then Israel comes on, and it's like, Blanca who? Like, Israel's, like, taunting Poland, like, do you want to see me dance? Do you want to see me dance? And then all of us are, like, gasping, trying to, like, grab our jaws off the floor, whereas I was um, trying to make sure that my drink was full during during the Blanca performance, because, again, it was fucking terrible. Well, I I agree with you, Bart. I think it was iconic in how, like, still messy it was but like much improved from the national final at least she like stayed on key or at least her backing singers stayed on key someone was on key it was fine uh but yeah that was that was something i agree i want to see both of them dance because i believe that women's stories matter so (laughs) i am pro all dance breaks from divas even armenia's which was by far the most like what fuck is happening right now she's still slayed like was the amount of dance breaks absolutely ridiculous like chanel knockoff yes and i lived laughed loved during all of it i lived laughed lesbian during all of it honestly <laughs> i was in love with all of them for a hot well time. i mean considering like there were rumor there were like there's a lot going around that like blanca's homophobic like maybe don't lesbian on her <laughs> don't don't put our identity on this woman baby do you love <laughs> i do like that blanca was like in on the joke that kind of sold it for me she finally but... went to like the leah michelle pr school that was like actually <laughs> if you poke fun at yourself like you can get over the like the like masses of angry gaze at you <laughs> and once again it is a successful technique Okay, that's probably enough about Poland. <laughs> Albania was that staging and performance was very good. Like Albania did a really good job. I actually I thought it was really beautiful, and I, I was one who was not particularly impressed with the national final. But like, I mean, granted, I I do feel like the staging kind of reminded me a little bit of like 1944 with the tree, but. Let's not get into that. There were many LED trees during this Eurovision. Um, but um, I thought that, that their performance ultimately, when cleaned up, ended up being like really good. Yeah. I'm also, I love that the rest of the world gave Albania like a lot of points in the semi. And I think also the, the final. The rest of the world vote in general, really wacky that we gave 12 points to Israel. Like in the semi, we gave like eight points to Latvia. Uh, there's a lot of interesting uh, votes coming from the rest of the world. So I'm kind of wondering where they're coming from. Latvia was just oh, so good. 
I mean, I do think they were robbed a little bit for sure, but at the same time, like that was a stacked semi. We knew they weren't going to make it out. I'm also sad for Malta, but I think the quality of those two performances and that they still didn't make it is really kind of like emblematic of how stacked that semi was, but also how good this year ended up being. I think really everyone brought it in the best possible way. Like they really, like, I don't think anyone did bad, you know? Justice for Riley. Mm, Except for Riley. (laughs) Although, did you hear that the Faroe Islands is trying to get EBU membership so that they can send their own artists instead of having to go through Denmark? Do they have any other than Riley? Like, uh, the Faroe Islands have many good artists. I can name several off the top of my head. So don't, Alex, you don't love come Riley. for the Faroes right now. I Maybe he'll her. go every year now. Yes. He's the best. Speaking of new countries, though, Luxembourg is coming back. Woo. After 30 well, years. Better watch out. <laughs> I'm curious what they'll actually send. Like, because we haven't seen what Luxembourg has to offer since the 90s. We'll see how they updated. There's a stealth queen. They're going to like secretly be, be knocking in those wins. I'm excited. Yeah, they'll uh, come take the crown from Ireland and, and Sweden. Mm-hmm. I think not, not a coincidence that Ireland started winning as soon as Luxembourg uh, left the competition, you know? Can we um, talk about just briefly? I thought that there weren't like really any technical difficulties this year, apart from Ukraine's performance where the audio was too low. I think the audio was. I like watched it back with a friend the other day, and the audio was kind of iffy on some tracks. I think we just didn't really notice while we were in a loud bar, and I also don't really like and it's something i never really notice unless it's like very obvious um so yeah but i think if that's the only complaint we had that the audio was like a little low on one song yeah i mean i was (laughs) with a bunch of my ukrainian friends and they were like oh my god so happy that ukraine is bringing you know like diversity to eurovision and also what is with the audio like they're hurting uh, Ukraine's chances. I mean, I don't think even Ukraine necessarily wanted to win again. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, they probably did, but at the same time, they weren't expecting that. <laughs> All right. So, expectations for next year, or hopes for next year. What do we think uh, Sweden is going to bring us 2024? Mons for host. Mons and Petra. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, objectively, <laughs> we want Petra and we want as much uh, Mons thirst content as possible. <laughs> um, I think my one hope, though, I have to say is that I think again, we never really got into discussing Spain. Um, but I do hope that like, I think my fear wasn't even Lorene winning. It's like more Israel doing so well. And then like even Estonia doing so well. And some countries that like took more risks, like. France and Spain not doing so well is that I hope that we still keep on getting kind of like kooky out there. Not that either of those particularly kooky, but more just like interesting content. Like I don't, like I know like this was your point, Max. Like I don't want to go back to like 
super, like the only thing winning Eurovision being like really well produced Swedish pop, which I don't think is going to happen because even Finland doing so well on the televote and getting second, like I think people see that well enough and like know that like countries entries in countries native languages and things that still feel very authentic which i think laureen does feel very authentic and like she is just like purely authentically (laughs) swedish pop perfection and that's why (laughs) she does so well um but that's what we can definitely like lose a couple dance break moments (laughs) Like, you can go back to the drawing board on Future Lover Armenia, but I think that's my hope is that we still keep that, like, trend of, like, that very, um, I think the most beautiful thing is just, like, seeing artists, like, really be genuinely themselves and, like, keep trying to celebrate that. And I wouldn't want someone like Blanca Paloma to not enter the contents because, like, they don't think they got the same televote. Yeah, Love. or like Lord of the Lost. Like, like I want yeah. Germany not to be discouraged to send things like that, even though they still came in last undeservedly. But you know, I hope that they and I hope the UK continues to like increase up their quality because I I really love May Muller's song. Um, uh, Spain. I mean, they they're still gonna do Benidorm again next year. I think they already announced. So I think that's a good. Uh, that's a good sign for sure that they, you know, they're like, no, this format does work for us. Um, and even if we didn't do so well, like it still produced something that we were proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that Finland realizes that they have it in them to like bring this home and that they just need to like really embrace being Finland. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that they ever thought that they, they didn't have it. I think that this, this entry was like very much just the the had the, the kookiness and the fun that we also saw in Lord, and I think that maybe you know all the fans put so much pressure on on Finland because we were so excited about it, and it seemed like it was going to come back. But um, I would just say they should just keep doing what they're doing because like their entries their entries have been good. Um, I think that Denmark, what the fuck? Just like, don't just, if that's you trying, just stop trying. Um, that, that is my, I don't think Denmark's trying. And did you like the, the head of the broadcaster or head of like Melody Grand Prix or whatever was like, no, this was great. It worked. It worked fine. We don't, we're not going to change anything. And like, okay, well you can continue not making it past the semis that's fine with us <laughs> fuck off denmark I mean, um yeah, yeah. but bad. there's definitely countries that need to reevaluate their selection processes i think ireland and denmark chief among them um but yeah for sure and yeah, I I I I actually liked the dance breaks. I thought that Armenia's dance performance was so good, and I really loved Israel's. I just, I mean, Poland's was not for me, but the rest was really nice. Um, other than that, keep it up. There were some that relied a little too much on the LED, you know. Um, <laughs> so I hope that we can kind of find find a good in between, but. Um, Overall, it was a fun experience. So final question. Are we going to have a big international breakout song from this year, a la Snap? And who who, who will it be? I don't even want to make that prediction. 
but I hope it's solo Punk. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it would make Alex give up. <laughs> oh my god. No, that's a good question. Um... Honestly, I kind of want it to be Because of You by Gustav. Yeah. Just Honestly, because yeah. I feel like that should go viral in Pride Month. Max, you hated that shit when they first sang it. And I, I was did. like, this I is did. my jam. And then I was living. I love him. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud of Gustav. Sorry, sorry, I'll probably go viral on my social media because I receive like purely homosexual content on all algorithms. Um, but we'll see for the other people. But apparently, so um, because of you has already been a bit of a TikTok hit. And like, uh, I think someone on um, one of the Twitter spaces uh, we were on got was telling us like, there's like, um, they're using that song as like, while they're prepping for like pride events in Florida and like using it as like, you know, a bit of like um, an anthem, even though not even knowing that it's like related to Eurovision at all, it just kind of organically... um, being used as, you know, appropriately as a celebration of the queer community as a whole. So I think that's actually really beautiful. And when I heard that, I like kind of teared up a little bit. I'm like, oh my God. And Gustav deserves it. I take back everything I said about him. Truly a perfect performance. I really hope that Bridges goes viral just, just, just for Bart. (laughs) Why don't you hum the part of Bridges that you think is going to go viral for me really quickly? (laughs) Like, what part of that song really stands out to you and is memorable? I honestly can't remember any part of it right now. It's the one song that I'm just like, how did the jury even remember it? Like, I truly could never tell you what song it was. (laughs) It still did well over, like, Lithuania, which is way more memorable and still a ballad. So I I don't get it. Can we just talk about the postcards real quick? And, like... I loved when uh, we were watching the semis with some of my friends and, and, and the postcard for Iceland, the girl was like lifting weights in Iceland. I was like, oh yeah, she, she's giving lesbian vibes. It was like, she said, and then in the oversized suit, it was like, okay, yeah, she's sending the signals. Got it, girl. Had to give her votes. <laughs> and to talk about Poland once again, I thought fucking incredible, uh, self-awareness to put it at like set it at a university (laughs) incredible all right well that is a wrap on this season of star spangled eurovision uh we have a lot of thank yous to give out this year um thank you first to um eurovision fam folks for having us on their live streams um alicia michelle also for having us on your live stream at the second semifinal um me and alex got to participate in that and that was really fun um our friend jamie at radio stoyevsky who had me on this year as well um and for six years running so thank you to that uh, thank you to her and of course finally thank you to all of you wonderful listeners uh for sticking with us for another season um, so we hope you'll you'll come back next year uh, when we you know start this up again. Um, and then also thank you to Bart and Alex for being amazing co-hosts. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, this yeah. has been fun, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs> Follow us at. Um, Thank you, Max. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, Max, as always, for organizing <laughs> us and wrangling us to like actually schedule, remembering what our social media handles are, sending us the YouTube links to watch the videos. <laughs> Forgiving us when, like, me or Alex is at a happy hour and needs to reschedule. (laughs) I, despite the shade, I love you both. Um, And it's always fun to have this moment together. From Brooklyn to Brooklyn to wherever the fuck Max is. Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Columbia Heights. Um, But (laughs) it's, it's, it's great to to have this podcast with you guys. I will say I was very sad not being at Euro Club with you both and everyone this year. So whether it be next year or another year soon, I look forward to reuniting. I absolutely cannot wait to go back to the Euro Club. I think uh, I've been definitely all the pictures everyone had, everyone talking about it. Like I had such FOMO this year. Um, and Liverpool seemed great. So maybe slight regrets for not going. But yeah. Good season, and we'll see you guys next year. Yeah, maybe in Sweden. Maybe in Sweden. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye, everyone.